This episode is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Learn more at slashandcast.net. Hello and welcome to the Conjecturing a Horrorish Podcast with Ms. Laura. Hello. And Greg. Hey, what's up, you guys? And I'm your host, Rob. How's everybody doing tonight? Great. Excellent, Rob. It's good. Good good. Doing good. Everybody's feeling super. Everybody's feeling powerful. You know? Sure. Sure. (laughs) Sure. Nobody's feeling like a psychopath. (laughs) (laughs) No. Maybe maybe Greg a little bit. My drink is feeling powerful, but um, maybe it'll transfer some of that power to me. Nice, mm. nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what are we uh what are we wearing? What are we drinking tonight? Backgrounds. Uh, what do you got going on tonight, Greg? Drinking Fireball um for reasons we'll talk about. Uh and my background here is a scene from the movie. It's just got the family. I feel that there's a lot of family values themes going on in this movie. Um yeah, they're they're a creepy looking house. So yeah, yeah. nice, nice. Yeah, cuz we're doing 2019's Brightburn this week. We're doing Brightburn this week. Uh, so, Laura, what do you got going on tonight? My Zoom background is Brightburn. Brandon Byers, is that his name? Brandon Breyer. Mm-hmm. Breyer. Uh, so, it's a scene where he's fully in his cape and mask and his eyes are glowing red, a red background. And so, I have decided to put on my four-year-old daughter's uh, cape and mask. It's a Superman cape and mask. However, it doesn't fit me very well. So, I look... <laughs> Pretty ridiculous. <laughs> You'll have to check us out on Instagram and Twitter if you want to see how ridiculous I look. Yeah, yeah. You can check us out at Conjecturing Pod on both. Uh, Greg, I don't think you said what you're wearing, though, did you? I didn't know. I'm I'm <laughs> wearing his, his getup. I don't know if it's his final form or what, but where he's got, I don't know, these weird patches, and I've got his symbol marked on my shirt here. I also have the red cape. This is a nice little button-up tee. <laughs> pulled from my closet and yeah laura and i are rocking the pretty much the same getup yeah nice nice i like it yeah so you guys are evil villains more or less i mean laura is wearing kind of like a superhero cape i guess better uh greg's definitely this kid he's a psychopath um so (laughs) i i i'm gonna go and help and stop him so i'm wearing uh my my wayne manor t-shirt you know and then i got my batman hat i'm gonna throw on so you know i'm gonna help stop greg make sure he doesn't I don't know, break girls' arms and Oof. disembowel people and yeah. I don't know. <laughs> maybe one day hatch a hatch a cocoon of wasps. I'm not really exactly sure about this part of the movie, <laughs> but you know, um <laughs> Yeah, and then my, my background my background my my background <laughs> my background is I got um I got, you know, Brandon in the background of me with his red eyes kinda like lingering over me. So and uh but but I sensed him. I'm Batman. I knew he was there the whole time. You know, um, nice. yeah. And then, uh, so what are we, what are we drinking tonight, Laura? We are drinking a wasp sting. So that's made from whiskey, honey, apple juice, and ginger ale. And it is delicious. Nice. Nice. I like it. I like it. Mm. All right. Let's go. Let's get into a little bit of updates right now. Let's do uh last week's movie. Do you guys have got anything you want to talk about audition from last week? Um, does anybody, Greg, Laura, did you guys actually go on any auditions? You guys were... You know, so good at the games Greg created and Laura was just killing it. It was like an actress. <laughs> Nobody called Laura? Nobody called me, you guys. Yeah, you kind of gave me a big head when you called me Daniel Day Laura. 
I just thought that, you know, I <laughs> thought I had something going there, but I guess not. No, don't worry. It'll come, Laura. It'll come one day. You know, just keep yeah. keep, keep grinding away at the coffee shop. You know, you'll be, you'll, you'll, you'll make it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. you'll, you'll make it. You make it big one day, Laura. I feel it. You know, um, what about you, Greg? Anything from Thanks, last guys. week's, last week's movie, Greg? Did you follow my lead and put on one of your wife's outfits? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Okay. <laughs> no, I didn't do that. I, uh-huh. I, I'm, I'm eagerly awaiting the uh, the listener email. Well, I feel like the three of us each had different ideas of what the movie could have been. So I'm curious to know what people who have heard it, how they interpret it. Like that's always fun to hear, like other people's perspectives. So um, hopefully someone comes in with that, so they could uh, give us a little bit more insight. Yeah, that's true. That's the biggest takeaway I think from the movie last week was just what the fuck was going on on that piece of shit. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So yeah, let's get into a little bit of the like the opening of, of the movie here a bit, like the Brightburn movie. You know, I'm the one that picked this movie. This is my movie pick. Uh, I think I said a little bit last week. Just I saw this when it came out in theaters. I thought it was super creepy, actually, and I wasn't expecting it. You know, I knew it was like more like superhero themed, and that was something that of course drew me in as like a superhero fan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hence like the Batman attire I'm wearing. You know, um, but just watching the movie like i forgot you know like how gory it was and how many there's actually good jump scares in this movie so when when i was going to pick a new movie for this week i was like oh, okay let's do a you know a trope i've never done i've never heard of before like superhero horror you know let's let's give that a try so that's why i picked it i don't know if it worked i don't know if laura and greg enjoyed it i'm not sure but we'll get into that a little bit later because <laughs> uh, neither of you had ever seen this movie right no right. i never even heard of it yeah yeah, so that's cool. So, so we'll get into it a little bit later, see what these guys think, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, before we get into a little more of the movie here, let's get to our horror segment of the week. This week I have for you guys. Any All right. All right. This week I got a question for you guys. Let's see. So the question I have this week definitely pertains to superheroes, of course. You know, or we're watching a pseudo superhero, super villain, I guess, really, uh, movie, you know. Yeah. Um, but the question I want to ask you guys, seeing how we all have kids, we all have children, this is a movie about a child, is if you had to pick one superhero or villain to give your child powers and characteristics from that he's going to grow up you know, having, what superhero or supervillain would you choose to give your own child powers? Hopefully, you know, hoping that he doesn't turn into a psychopath. <laughs> Well, off the bat, I'm like, why would you pick a villain? I guess if you, if they have a power that you find desirable, but you think your kid mm-hmm. will use it for good. Yeah, and it's just it's the powers, but it's also slightly the characteristics too. Mm. You can't just have your cake and eat it too. You can't have everything good from somebody. Everybody has a little bit of a negative. You know, my thing is, is I live in Rob and I. We live in Southern California. It's hot here all the time, even in the <laughs> winter time. I want Iceman to bestow his powers on my kid just because, look, when I want my coat to cool down a little bit outside, he, he's got my back. Selfish. You're so selfish. You know, I, he can he can build an ice bridge over the, the 5, 405, and 55 freeways so I can get to work. I mean, Iceman's got so many cool powers that that do you well in a, mm-hmm. in a hot climate like SoCal. So that's, I mean, gosh, if he turned evil probably turn me into an ice cube or something i don't know you're you're, you're pretty much dead at that point but I feel, I feel like your kid is definitely gonna turn evil greg all your stuff you're talking about are things you're making him do for yourself isn't that what i thought that was the goal <laughs> we could use the, we could leverage their powers uh, 
you sound like you're Lex Luthor and you're like, you captured Superman and you're like making him do things for you. You know? Oh my God. Hey, when he turns 18, he can go and cool down his own drinks and build his own ice bridges. But until then, it's like, you know, get me to work. As long as he's under your roof, he's going to do what you say. Yeah. Oh, wow. Interesting. Oh, wow. That's, that's definitely, that, that won't turn out bad for you, Greg. No. <laughs> what about you, Laura? Uh, who would you pick to give your child powers? I think that, you know, you want the absolute best for your child in any situation. Better go that route. So in my mind, I'm, I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, I want. It's already making Greg sound really bad. I was like, you just, you did that on purpose. No, well, actually, you, you, you want to be as selfless as possible when you, when you give your child powers. I mean, <laughs> Greg's just no, like, no, you no. know, Greg, Greg's just like, you know what I hate? Like, my drink is warm <laughs> and this is what I want. <laughs> Okay, so hear me out, though. I think you guys, you guys could still hate on me for this. So I want what is absolute best for my daughter. So I'm thinking I want her to have the most power, right? I want her hmm. to have more than one power. And I'm actually not a huge, you know, like comic fan. Like I know you guys are probably much more into it than I am. But I am a little bit. And one character who I've always loved for one reason or another is Jean Grey, Phoenix, mm. Red Phoenix, especially. I was her for Halloween a few years in a row. And so I think that this is obviously taking a huge risk, Yeah, as we all know. Mm -hmm. But I would want my daughter to have those powers because I feel like Jean can literally do everything. She can't, she can't build ice bridges. She can't build an ice bridge, but who the fuck needs an ice bridge? I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, obviously that's taking a huge risk. And um, hopefully, you know, between parenting and nature, she chooses not to use all of that for evil. Wow. That's, that's crazy. Big. Man, I feel like your two kids are going to eventually gang up and destroy the world. You know? <laughs> Laura's daughter hey. Laura's daughter's just all powerful for some reason. And then Greg's kid's just fucking angry because he had to bring his dad drinks for 18 years of his life. <laughs> You know? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, I guess for me, like thinking about it, I think I think my first, uh, uh, you know, obvious one was, of course, Batman, but he doesn't really have powers. You know, he's just like a rich guy. And I'm not just going to his gadgets. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to give my kid money. <laughs> you know, that never ends up well, you know, so I think but I think ultimately, I think I'm going to say Martian Manhunter. And I don't even know if Laura even knows that pick. Oh, she's right. shaking her head like she doesn't know that pick. So, but his, his power, he has two powers. One of his power is he can change his form to look like anything he wants. So he can like resemble other people if he wants. Mm -hmm. His other form is he can like read minds. So I just kept thinking like, you know, this kid, you know, I want him to be the best he's going to be similar to Laura's, but instead of making him all powerful, I'm going to give him the ability to be what he wants to be. You know, he Ooh. can change his physical appearance to be what he wants to be. He can adapt to whatever setting he's in, you know. So I feel like that wow. would be a good thing going for job interviews. He's going to kill him. He's going to have a great job. You know, I feel like I'm just setting him up to be super successful, you know. And, and one day, you know, stop your children, of course. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Greg, do you have any amendments you want to make from your slavery of your child? <laughs> you know what? I, I do, but I can't just, you know. Yeah. Rules are rules, you know. That's what you pick. You got to stick. With I do it. think I, I'm glad to hear that you didn't choose Batman because I think if we're also adopting their histories, you'd be dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's part of the rules, but 
Yeah. Nah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. But okay. Good answers, you guys. Good answers. You know, more or less. You know, we'll see what happens. Maybe one day Greg can do a little sketch of our kids with their superpowers. Oh that'd my be, God. That'd be, that'd be pretty cool, cool. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, now that's it. You know, it's time to get to the movie now. So let's, uh, you know, as Laura's wearing and Greg wearing, let's put on our capes. Let's put on our capes and oh, get yeah. to the movie this week. So, like we said, we're doing Brightburn 2019 film. Um, director is David. Ooh, I'm gonna help pronouncing this one again. David Yaroveski. Yaroveski. Okay. Uh, he's a director. I don't think he really did a lot of other movies other than this. Um, no. Yeah. Budget for this movie is six to twelve million dollars. Laura put on here. She's not sure why there's such a big range. Uh, so I have no idea. It's either one value or completely double that value. Yeah, yeah. it's like, <laughs> the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. I mean, someone doesn't, they can't account for $6 million, but they think it was spent on the movie. Yeah, I mean, watching this movie, I feel like it is closer to 12. I feel like yeah. there's special effects in this movie. There's oh, shots yeah. and I feel like it's closer to 12. But uh, yeah. Um, yeah, box office, this movie made $32.9 million. So it made a decent amount of money. Yeah. I don't even know if it's enough to make a sequel, so I don't I don't know about that. I, I hope so, but we'll see. Um interesting facts. You want to get that, Laura? Yeah. Brandon Breyer's name, it follows that classic comic book convention of superheroes with alliterative first and last names. So for example, Clark Kent, Peter Parker, Bruce Banner. Mm. So I thought that was really cool. I love those little touches, you know? Nice. Mm-hmm. So Brightburn is mentioned as being in Kansas, and that is also where Cal L landed and later grew up to become Superman. Mm-hmm. I mean, this movie's completely <gasps> Superman. Yeah. It's just, it, yeah, you know, it is Superman, but <laughs> yeah. not. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's that's how I just, story. Yeah, I think that's how I described it at the end of last week. Girls is like it's Superman, but fucked up. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally right. Totally right. And the last fact, which I'm sure we will talk about a little bit when we start diving in is the mask that Brandon wears. It seems partially inspired by wasps. An early classroom scene, he talks about how certain wasps will place their young in a separate hive, getting others to feed them. And so this is obviously a clear parallel to his beginning situation. Yeah, I mean, whoever put him there. Yeah, that's one of the interesting facts of like, we definitely need to talk about that later in the show. Because that's one of my biggest, I don't know, you know, plot holes or things I didn't understand was like that whole like thing. Um, So like, I'm interested, I'm I'm happy to hear like, there's another thing that points to, you know, wasps or insects or some type of bug thingy, uh, because there is multiple times they talk about this movie, and then it, it never pays off. So I don't know about that, but but I'm glad there's more to it. Um, okay, yeah. uh, Laura, do you want to do cast? Yeah. So we have Elizabeth Banks as Tori Breyer. She's uh, Brandon's mom. David Denman or Roy from The Office, which we will be <laughs> calling him for the rest of the episode. So don't yeah. even try to call him <laughs> no. his name. He's Roy. I already, forgot, I already forgot his real name. Yeah, he's Roy. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Uh, his, his name in the movie is Kyle, but we're going to call him Roy. Uh Brandon Breyer is played by Jackson A. Dunn. And then we also have Matt Jones as Noah, who's Brandon's uncle, and Meredith Hagner as Marilee, which is Tori's sister and Brandon's aunt. And last but not least, we have Emmy Hunter as Caitlin, who uh, IMDb and Wikipedia referred to her as Brandon's love interest, which I thought was interesting because I'm like, really? I don't know. Isn't well, I mean, I mean, do you consider like a stalker to have a love interest? Is that a love interest? There's so many things here. Like, does he really like her? He's 12. Yeah. Do you do you break your love interest's hand when they anger you? Oh, 
was confused by that, but so I thought I should mention it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice. more like a, it's more like a, an adolescent romantic fascination more than it is, you know, love. Mm-hmm. Mm. But I, that's probably kind of a long title to put on IMDb. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. But like we have 10 letters. Keep it short. <laughs> love interest. Yeah. yeah. Laura, do you want to do synopsis? Yeah. So like we said, this movie basically starts off just like Superman. You know, we've got a, we've got this married couple, Elizabeth Banks and Roy. And you can see from the very beginning of the movie that they're unable to have children. They've been trying. And then all of a sudden something pops out of the sky, a meteor, spaceship, whatever. And then the next scene immediately jumps to videos of their baby and them raising this baby who they have adopted. And as he gets older, he starts to experience some superhuman powers. And we quickly learn that he is using these powers for evil and not for good. So a total spin on the normal comic trope. Yeah, very very similar to Greg wanting his child to have powers and Greg being selfish and wanting him all for himself. This kid's very similar. The kid just wants to do everything that makes him happy, you know, and everything he wants <laughs> to do. So you better watch out, Greg. That's kind of scary, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah uh okay so this is let's get into the movie let's get into the opening let's talk about the opening in this movie you know laura kind of talked about it in the synopsis of course you know you have like a little quick uh cold open of like you know the spaceship stuff like an earthquake and then you're into you know it's a little bit of home movies which i'm pretty sure that's really that kid's it looks movies. like him because that's him you know looks what I mean? like him for sure which i think is a nice touch especially for like you know this isn't like a low budget movie it's probably close to 12 million dollars but i thought that was a good touch instead yeah. of just having like an actor baby because it was like that's really that kid you know yeah so what did you guys think of like the cold open a little bit of the open establishing kind of you know not really what's going on because you don't know that until later but uh kind of like who the family is more or less yeah, I thought it was cool. I mean, it they, they do pretty much they do a good job communicating to you that this is Superman. Yeah. You know, in the middle of Kansas, it's basically Smallville. Uh, a vessel lands, and a couple who've been praying for a baby, ha- trying to have a baby, they discover it. it's like a blessing. They take it on, and that's kind of that's kind of all you need to know. I was I didn't like how the, the movie opens up in their bedroom. They're kind of having like a you know a romantic, sexy moment, and as the camera is panning through the room, you see like 20 different fertility books. And mm. I feel like, okay, did you, do you really need like 20? I thought it was kind of overdone and kind of ham-handed. I think if you saw one, maybe two, yeah. it would have been like, okay, I get it. They're trying to have kids, you know? You're like, um, we get it. We, we get, get it. it. Yeah. <laughs> but it was cool. Like, um, you know, they, they do that for a couple of minutes. And then, like you guys said, they flash through some memories as a baby and then they jump 10 years later yeah yeah what, what about you laura what did you think of like the cold open of this movie i it was whatever it was a setup um it wasn't anything interesting because i kind of knew that's how it was gonna start mm-hmm. you know just based off of what you know this movie is about i mean this is kind of getting ahead but one of my biggest arguments for the movie which really you can go back to the beginning to argue this is just that I don't know this kid as well as his mom does. So for me, I'm like, I wish I could have seen more of him innocent. Mm-hmm. That, that, but that That's all I'll totally say. Totally agree. Yeah. No, we can, we can get into that. I mean, cause you're talking about, uh, yeah, the, you know, you have like the cold open. We already talked about a little bit and then you go through a little bit of, you know, them not really, you know, kind of their day to day lives a little bit talking about, you know, yeah. whatever they're eating breakfast or something like that. And 
talking about like what they're going to do for their day. So there is like a quick like, you know, like, oh, this is a wholesome family, you know, a very mm-hmm. wholesome, regular, down to earth family. Yeah, but it's like super quick, you know, right. and, th- and then you're within maybe 10 minutes, you're into like something's going on. Yeah, you know, and, and that was one of my I think my biggest negatives too in this movie was after I watched it, I was like, oh, I wish, you know, I wish they would have gave a little bit more, like make you care for these characters. Uh, you right. Know, uh, you know, like uh, it, it works for me at the end because I just like the overall story. But like, yeah, I feel like if this movie would have had that in the beginning, I think you were talking about it would have knocked it up to like another level. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's the thing. It's like they definitely have there's an issue with like an emotional invest, you know, the emotional investment aspect of it. Right. You know, like for whatever reason, it's the type of movie that you almost, you need to feel attached or invested in someone. Yep. Um, and I feel like I, I didn't get enough of that in their actual no. relationship. It almost went from like the baby montage to, you know, angsty preteen. Yeah. And I'm like, at least show me some of the early to- uh, toddler memories. Like we all have kids who are between the age of like one and, you know, four. Um, and it's like, those are the years where they're the sweetest. You develop such a, you know emotional attachment to them, um, and I don't think it would have been that hard to just show a couple actual scenes. It doesn't even have to be a montage. Just show a scene mm-hmm. of you know when he's two, something cute happens. Mm-hmm. Then yeah. when he's four, something cute happens. Something seven, and then give us that progression because then when you go from like baby to like twelve, annoying twelve twelve year old, you lose a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, and and one thing too about this you know character, this kid you know, you know, very Superman S, you know, slightly devoid of emotion, you know, very alien esque, you know what I mean? So like, yeah. yeah, So right away when he's 12, you're not, you don't, you can't really sympathize with him because he doesn't show a lot of emotion other than like, you know, psycho, you know, he's a crazy kid, you know, eventually, Mm -hmm. but it's not like you ever see him like smile. You never, you know what I mean? Or show like he's happy or, or anything. So there's not even like that setup of like, Oh, like he is like a nice sweet kid. You're just supposed to assume he's a regular child without really showing anything other than that. Which is, here's the thing is that could have been their intention, but then here's the thing when you lose that, well, what are you going to attach to next? And the next logical answer is the parents, but then without seeing their attachment to the kid you don't really like what laura said you don't really feel that Mm -hmm. like it could very well be like the whole one of the points of the movie was just say well what if your kid just suddenly snapped and he was an alien to you and not the one you grew up with well then i still need to understand from whose perspective i should suddenly feel and it should have been the parents yes Amen, brother. Amen, yep. Father Greg. I'm still, <laughs> Father still Greg's doing the role. Still doing the role. Oh my god, he's back. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I really did like in like the opening setup is in the movie is the whole uh, the the whistle scene where they're setting up the whistle hide and seek. You know, where where you know she's trying to find Brandon and she does like a whistle and he whistles back and it was just like a straight you know from like the conjuring the slap the slap game you know clap mm. and clap and hide game from the conjuring and it just it pays off at the end of the movie when when like they're hiding from each other and he starts creepily whistling and like that was the only thing i made a note of like oh good setup you're setting up something later on it's gonna have a good payoff yeah. um yeah uh, so what do you guys think of like overall of like you know the characters you know the acting what do you, where does that stuff like land on you guys seeing how you don't really care about any of them already <laughs> That's actually the most I have to talk about for this movie. Um, oh, we're done for the night? Okay. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the, the top 
three characters, okay? We've got Elizabeth Banks as the mom, Brandon, the son, and then Roy from the office as the dad. So I'll start with, we're already talking about the son. Okay, look it. His acting was great. I have no problems with his acting at all. He delivers. He is a psychopath kid. Done. His character, yes, super flawed. Because like Greg said, we've missed literally 12 years of his life. Obviously, he was normal in those 12 years, but we don't buy it. We haven't seen it. So the character is flawed from the get-go. And that's so that sucks because this is supposed to be our our villain, our anti-hero, whatever. Now I move on to Elizabeth Banks. Character, fine. She is a loving wife and mom. She will clearly do almost anything for her son. She is the last person to turn on him because she is just, she loves him so much and she's going to stand up for him. But I was so disappointed in Elizabeth Banks as an actress. I Hmm. like her actually. And I did not like her acting in this. I just Hmm. thought she was... And a part of it's probably the character and it's hard for me. Sometimes those blend together and then I kind of blame one on the other, maybe not very in a very nice way, but I just felt like she was so extreme and I was like, you're being an idiot, Mm. you know? And I think that she's a good actress and she's smart enough to know how to play that role better. So I was a little bit disappointed in her, but what I really want to talk about is Roy. So I will say right now, I am a huge Office fan. I watch The Office every night before I go to bed. I obviously hate Roy in The Office. Team Jim, (laughs) duh. (laughs) I fucking am obsessed with him in this movie. I loved his acting and his character. Acting, he nailed it. He nailed it. But let's talk about his character. Oh my God, he is the only voice of reason in this whole movie. It's him that Mm -hmm. tells his wife, like, this shit is on us. We fucking found our kid in a spaceship. This is on us. (laughs) And I was like, dude, this guy is spot on. And I'm going to, sorry, I'm talking a lot about this, but there is one scene where I literally, you you guys know me, no one can see me. I'm very animated. My hands and arms (laughs) will flail about when I'm talking on the podcast. You should have seen me watching this one scene. I was literally like praising God knows whoever's up here, just throwing my arms around. And it's the scene where Roy takes him to go hunting. Yes. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Me too. I thought the acting was incredible. The So in this scene, I'm going to set it up. Roy knows his son is a psychopath. He's crazy. And he essentially takes him out hunting to kill him. And so there's a scene where we see him, you know, Brandon's in front of him with his back turned and Roy has a gun and he's aiming it. And you're already like, oh man, that's rough. That You know, you can't, and you can see it on his face. You feel the emotions there, no problem. Well, he shoots the gun and the bullet bounces off Brandon's head because he can't get hurt or die. And then we have this moment where neither one of them speak And it's actually very, very great acting from that kid because he has like shock, confusion, and then he feels like, you know, how could you do this to me? And then pure anger. Yeah. We see that. But what we see from Roy is, is he has a fucking freak out without saying a word. He, you could tell is like, holy shit, that didn't kill him. Now my son knows. Now he's probably going to kill me. So we see him pause. He doesn't know what to do. And then he's like, the only thing I can do is keep trying to kill him. 
And so then we see that stumble of him trying to put more bullets in his gun. And I just thought that I, I was like, I could end the movie right now and be happy. I thought that scene was so incredible. Wow. That is crazy. Man, I'm so surprised. Wow. Uh, let's hear what Greg says, then I'll go last year. Greg, what do you think of like the characters, the acting, you know, kind of what they did in this movie? Yeah, I think um, as far as like the acting, uh, I'm, I'm with Laura. The the kids was whatever. I definitely think um, these two uh, the parents pretty much carried the movie. Roy and, and Elizabeth Banks. I, at first, I thought when they when they started the movie, it was a little bit awkward. They're kind of the way that they were showing affection to the kid, but eventually, I feel like they they hit their stride. Um, the the main parts that I liked, actually, I thought from uh, from Roy's character, the scene you were going to talk about, Laura, which was kind of my favorite Roy moment was the birds and bees talk. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, they're sitting there, they've got the rifles, they're waiting for a deer to come by. And he's like, you know, it's okay to give in to urges about girls every now and then. And then um, Brandon goes like, now? And he goes, what? (laughs) No, 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 not not right now. No, no. And he's like, yeah, good good talk. It was just like a a, a, kind of a fun Roy moment um, that I, I thought was really good. I I did think Elizabeth Bank, yeah, her character was she was kind of extreme in her acting, but yeah. I bought it because so I mean I, I think the her best moment was when she confronted Brian about Noah's death. You know, she, her her line delivery I thought was great, trying to get to the bottom of the issue without pressing him too hard. You know, she sorts to start to wreck it wreck it after that by being like the oblivious mother, but then. When you start to remember that they tried to have a kid for so long and they couldn't, and this is her only shot, and there was that line early on in the movie, you know, um, it's almost like we can never dismiss our kid the way that maybe yeah. we were a- as kids. You feel like that's something you see with a lot of moms, especially more than dads. I think dads will traditionally be like the voice of reason, but moms will always be so closely attached to the kids. I mean, you hear about this when, uh, with serial killers they'll they'll go to jail but and the only ones who visit them are their mothers and you know they feel so i mean it's almost like why he's a killer you're gonna go visit him and it's like oh that's my son so i that made that sold me on on her character as extreme as she as extreme as she was wow it's so crazy i'm like the complete opposite of laura like i thought elizabeth banks which i do like her in almost everything she does I thought she was really good in this movie. I thought she was solid. I, I I believed the whole, like, you know, she has love so much for her child that she's going to make all the wrong decisions, but it's because she loves him so much. And it's not till the end where she finally realizes, like, oh, shit, like, I cannot do this anymore. So I, I bought into her the whole movie, you know? Uh, I didn't really think Roy was, like, that great. <laughs> oh, my God. I thought he was just fine in the movie, like, whatever. But I mean, now that like Laura's pointing out certain things, I'm like, oh, yeah, he was really good in that scene. You know, he was this. And, you know, I, I guess I just wasn't really focusing on him at all in this movie. I was focusing on either Elizabeth Banks or this kid in this movie. I wasn't really paying attention to the dad a lot, you know, other than he's like the voice of yeah. reason. But I wasn't trying to analyze his acting because I'm like, it's right from the office. Like, what am I going to do? What am I going to expect? I didn't have like such a high bar for him. So I was like, oh, whatever. You know, but maybe I need to watch this movie a third time now and just watch the watch the Roy version and uh, see how good he is. You know, you should, because kind of like Greg pointed out a lot of times in movies, I would say, you know, 99 percent of the time, it's the mom who, you know, is so connected to these child characters, good or bad. And the dad is just kind of whatever in a lot of these movies. And yes, he's the voice of reason. But 
we do have these great scenes of just him and his son, multiple mm-hmm. scenes. And those conversations are really important to the character and to the film. So yeah, I, you should rewatch it. I think that's why I'm so impressed, hmm. you know, wow. cause obviously Roy in the office is like, I don't care about you. Are, are you still in this season? <laughs> why like, go mm-hmm. away? You know, yeah. but this was really impressive. Hmm. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So, you know, speaking of like the parents a bit, cause it's interesting, like our different dynamic of the views and the people I did want to ask you guys. And I think it's an obvious answer, but I wanted to ask anyway, like which parent do you side with? Do you side with, you know, Roy in this movie? Like the, you know, he's not our child. Like it's our fault. Like we have to kill him more or less. Or do you side with Elizabeth Banks of like, we've raised this child, you know, his whole life. We love him. We have to do everything we can to protect him. You know, which parent do you side with? Because that's really the balance in this movie is like, what do you do? Right. What do you, what do you think, uh, Laura? What do you think? I actually, I mean, as much as I love Roy, um, I probably do side more with Elizabeth Banks character because I just, yeah, like I can't see 12 solid years of a, a relationship, like a parent child bond. And then just being like, that's not my son, mm-hmm. you know? And that's the problem with this movie is that we didn't get to see any of that. So yeah. that's why it's like, well, yeah, Roy, like tell it like it is, get them out of the situation. Um, but I also wrote down in my notes how I wish that both, both parents were at one end of an extreme. Yeah. And I just wish there was someone in the middle, you know, like, I love this kid. I really want to be there for them, but I have concerns. I felt like she was so blind through most of the movie. So, yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. I agree. What about you, Greg? Where do you line with the two parents? Yeah. Like when you said she was kind of blind, I think that's a problem with, with direction is like, you know, not of the characters, but of like the content and the flow, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I side with, with Roy just for rational reasons. I mean, they make you want to side with her, but you have to, what, what confused me was, was it supposed to be that his parents literally didn't know that he was a monster or at least capable of being a monster? I mean, you had a UFO crash land in your backyard and a baby comes out. You know that he has never bled for 12 years of his life. Yeah. Uh, you know, he suddenly goes through the chicken coop and he breaks a girl's hand with one hand. I mean, how long do we have to play this game before? It's like, okay, obviously you have a freaking a, a, a superhuman alien on your hands. Yeah. I, I, it's all about Roy to me. I mean, mm. if you side with the mom, you're just being oblivious to the fact that you, you've got a Superman in your house. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. Like it's. It's weird. It's one thing because like Laura, like you're talking about your perspective, Laura, is like if you were in this situation with her, if you were her, you know, you would side with her because you have that 12 years of loving and nurturing and growing this child. Yeah. But I mean, if you're making your decision just based on the movie, which of course, Roy, yeah, yeah, which yeah, that's the weird thing is like if you're just going on the movie, you're Roy all the way because you don't have that love and you don't have that experience so like it is a weird question and weird thing to answer it's almost like you have to have two separate answers but i guess if you're basing it on like what the character herself because i mean she's really i think the one you really need to decide if you go with her or not you know if you say that yes she has loved this child for 12 years wherever no matter where he came from you know that i probably would side with her too always thinking back in your mind like you can, you know, not fix him, but you can save him. You can, you know, make him a better person. You can, you can, you know, nurture him to do the right thing, you know? And I feel like that's probably where I would like to, you know, like you said, Greg, those psychopaths that 
have their mothers that just stand by them after they, you know, killed and eaten 10 people. You know, it's like, well, he was just hungry. You know, he, he was just, you know, he was a little, he was a little peckish. You know, it's just like, you know, I probably wouldn't be that far, but until like he does something crazy and until the fact that you can prove it, because there's certain parts in this movie that he does certain things, but she, it was all but proven though, but she didn't see it. There's no actual proof until like they didn't, you know what I mean? Like she's going to always give him the shadow of the doubt because she loves him. You know, so I guess I'm with Laura, you know, I'm with Laura, but, but just like the movie, you're all for it. That's why it's a weird thing. Yeah. Like when you watch the movie, it's like, like, duh, like, what are you doing, dumb lady? But like, yeah. when you try to put yourself in the character, like, okay, well, yeah, yeah that, that's why it all goes back to the opening of this movie. And like, yeah, it needed another like 10 minutes mm-hmm. of just like them, like chilling or having funny thing, playing game night, do something, you know, show me something with this kid, you know, but uh, yeah, yeah, oh, it's crazy. Okay. All right. Let's get into now a little bit of like the superhero tropes, the insect stuff, you know, the powers he has, you know, like I said, very Superman-esque, pretty much can't, can't be killed. He can't like, you know, bleed. He puts his uh, fist through a lawnmower, you know, which I thought was a cool scene, you know, stuff like that. What do you guys think of like the superpowers he has and the insect stuff? Because we can get into that stuff, Laura, because I'm super confused about a lot of it. What do you think, Laura? Uh, I'm not going to talk about the superhero stuff because I just probably don't have a lot of awesome things to add to the conversation. But um, just real quick, I think the parallel with the wasps is really cool. Um, when it comes down to it, I think he says something like, you know, bees colonize to get their hives, but wasps will kill and... He says that they... He says that wasps at some point lose the ability to make nests so they use they use their brute force to make other wasps raise their young and they make the other wasps you know like you said earlier feed their babies Mm -hmm. and pretty much take care of them because they can't they don't have so it reminds you of like in superman krypton their planet was going extinct so if you were to draw a parallel with the wasps it's like the wasps can no longer make a nest maybe where brandon has come from his planet is gone so they're sending him to another planet to try to repopulate it with his species. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's actually two things. I think it's what you're saying. And then I also, but I'm seeing it as like, how does that work for him and his role on Earth? Right. So that's just how he got there. Yeah. But I think that he's kind of like embodying this wasp esque, like supervillain. Um, and they say that wasps like attack, kill and make new hives. Mm. And so uh, to me, that's what he is doing on earth. That is what he eventually does. And by new hives, you mean like reproducing and like spawning? Is that what you mean? Or? Like I, he's killing most people, but yeah, like I, I think with wasps, whatever does survive, they survive. And then that's like a wasp. That's now a wasp hive. Well, clearly hmm. he didn't get the memo. I mean, he's just. Well, <laughs> they he's probably, I mean, I think wasps take kill and attack more than they don't. So mm-hmm. yeah. it's going to be most people. That's yeah. kind of how I saw it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's just it's one of the, the movie tropes or one of not even a movie trope, but one of the aspects of this movie that just it's very confusing to me. Like, I don't really mm-hmm. fully understand. It. it definitely is not fleshed out. Well, you know, like I said, yeah. some of the stuff, I don't know if it's just setting up a sequel and that's what it's about. But 
Yeah, because like I said, there's the whole wasp conversation they have in the beginning in the classroom. There's a sh- there's like a certain shot in the woods where there's like a close up on an ant. You know, there's mm. also multiple pictures in like the school that there's one in the background of like it's like a jellyfish. There's another one that's like a clam, and they just seem very prevalent of like a center scene with pictures in the background, meaning like they're meant to be there for a reason. And mm. so like there's a very like you know you know it's not really like insect but you know different different life forms that they're pushing on you to recognize but i don't feel like it's ever talked about it's never paid off there's a whole thing that brandon like studies anatomy he like you know rips people open and that that's another thing i don't know what that is about oh i i think i know what that's about Mm -hmm. he is devoid of any emotion right we've learned that about this character he does not feel any remorse either by people dying or anything he's doing, whether he's killing people or injuring them. So I think when he has these images, you know, when they first, so the the parents, Elizabeth Banks and Roy, they go into his room one day and they find a bunch of photos and they're thinking like, oh, okay, he's 12 now, like preteen, he's starting to have mm-hmm. pictures. So he, they, they see the first picture or two is like women in lingerie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like Victoria's Secret models or some shit. Yeah. yeah, and that's what they consider "quote unquote" normal. But then after that, it becomes very—it's it, like an anatomy lesson. It's mm-hmm. like the inner, you know, organs of people and biology. And so I took that as if he is this alien species who has no emotion and no remorse. He does not know how people work. Mm. And so he's needing to learn, like, how do humans work? Like, what do their insights look like? How does that all work? You know, he's learning about it. And I, I, so at the very end, we see one of his victims has been disemboweled and like hung and her organs are all out. And I think that was him like trying to figure it, like he was dissecting her the way we dissect frogs hmm. in middle school, you know, oh, okay, okay, learning about us. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Greg, about the whole like, you know, superhero, you know, aspects of the movie as powers, the insect stuff, you know, him having like <laughs> Victoria's Secret models, you know, magazines? Yeah, the, the superpowers. I, I didn't think there was anything special. Basically, Superman, you know, any any Superman cartoon or movie that you've seen watching him grow up on the farm. It, it's basically him suddenly discovering his strength and speed doing simple farm tasks. So that's that. Wasn't anything particularly uh, interesting to me about that, but still pretty cool. But as far as like, the insect thing, yeah, I have no idea. It's it's interesting. You could you could maybe surmise that when the ship, so the ship which they've kept locked away in the cellar of their barn, so he wouldn't see it, um, starts to just r- randomly turn on and glow. Probably you know around the age where he's turning into like a teen and um, he's growing himself. I think that. Um, it could be guessed that that was causing him to have almost like alien urges. Like, so there was this voice that was calling to him saying, take the planet, take the planet, you know? Um, and I think maybe it just, it's, it, it just flipped some kind of switch in him when it turned on to have these um, like invasion protocol switches like t- that were laying dormant in him that just needed some kind of trigger. And it, it's just, you know, it, it mixed in with his human changes, which is like, you know, when you become a, you know, a, a teenager, you start getting interested in girls. So that was like the, the photos of the, the lingerie, but then it was mixed in with this like alien. I, I think maybe the alien urge would be to like that they've programmed in his species 
to suddenly open up at a certain age is to understand about the species that you've landed in uh, and to um, know more about them so that you can take them over. I think it could have been the ship. Hmm. Interesting. Because I always thought that the the anatomy pictures were before like before everything, like before the ship stuff or before this, like he's been having that for a while, you know, uh, but it's just, it's just so it's just, it's kind of confusing. Like we already talked about, like the opening doesn't really show a whole lot into the first 12 years of his life other than the baby videos, which he's smiling in the baby videos. So at one point he yeah. was able to smile, you know, I don't know whatever happened to him, but uh, he definitely doesn't smile in this movie. Um, okay. Let's get into like the main stuff, which I, I really love like the deaths, in this movie, like the effects, the gore, like what do you guys think of like the the killings in this movie? Because I I fucking loved almost all of them. I thought all of them were so cool. I have to ask you a question. When you saw this in theaters, were you kind of shocked by how gory and and gruesome this was? I mean, I think, I think yeah. if I would have watched this in theaters, I would have thought like, yeah, it's gonna be a darker comic film, but. I don't think I would have realized it was going to, I mean, some of these scenes I had to look away. Yeah. Rob, when we did, when we reviewed the audition, you were like, Oh, I hate it when anything gets close to my eye. <laughs> oh. I was watching this movie. I thought what, Rob must be rolling over in his grave watching. Yeah. This. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, it's, it's like one of my favorite sequences in this movie is the diner scene, you know, Ooh. pretty much Brandon. Well, pretty much, you know, like you said, Brandon has the hots for this little girl at his school, you know, he likes her whatever. Um, it's not until his dad tells him just to, you know, go lean into your urges, son, you know, that he decides to fly pretty much into her into her room at night and creepily turn on her computer and play some loving music, you know, trying to, you know, show he loves her, you know, and then there's that there's a cool scene in there, too, when he's hiding in her room and he's behind the curtain and the curtain like waves through the wind and you see like the side of his face in the curtain. I thought that was a really cool, like, not a jump scare, but just a kind of like, holy shit, that's kids creepy. I didn't see it. I saw you it. You didn't? I literally rewound it so many times. I was like, nope, I don't see him. <laughs> he was clearly there. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Maybe you had some glass in your eye, Laura. I don't know. Um, but, <laughs> but but yeah, so he, he likes the little girl. So she tells her mom, which is the owner of this diner. Um, you know, then the parents, she, she loses it calling, you know, her, her, you know, Elizabeth Banks and Roy's kid a freak and, you know, he needs to be arrested and this and that, you know, blah, blah, blah. She doesn't like the kid. So Brandon, of course, gets upset, you know, being like, you know, you're, you're trying to take away from, take me away from this girl that I love and I possibly maybe need to procreate from for my species i don't really know that part of it <laughs> oh but, my goodness you know i don't know what he's being programmed i don't know you know greg kind of talked about a little Shit. bit of programming but um but what? uh so what he does is he goes to the diner that she works at and it's late they close up the diner and it's like you know it's kind of foggy outside of it so the windows are starting to like you know fog over so you can kind of like you can't really see them and she turns away and then she turns back and Brandon wrote his symbol, which is pretty much like two B's back to back on all the windows. It's like his calling card, his little like superhero thing he created in his little notebook. And I thought that was fucking cool. And then they go to like, you know, the lights explode. The glass shard goes into her eye, which, which is creepy Ugh. enough. 
But then they do like a whole like five seconds of her pulling the glass. Oh, more than five seconds. It was like 30 seconds. Yeah, pulling it out. You could not get it out. It hurts. Doesn't it hurt your eyes just thinking about it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like over the last 24 hours randomly throughout the day, I would think about it and then I would have like a pain in my eye. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just thinking about it. Yeah, um, but one thing I do love about that whole sequence is like the POV shot of her after she pulls the shirt out. Because what it does then is it goes to like you're seeing through her eyes, the POV of her. And one of her like eyes that you're looking through is like bloody and blurry and the other one is clear. And it has multiple times where she's blinking and trying to look for whoever, whatever's happening. And all you can see is like a fuzzy, you know, this kid dressed in this like creepy wasp outfit you know, glowing eyes like lingering in the background and then he'll move away quickly. And, and I just love like the whole sequence, you know, she runs into the freezer. Uh, he laser beams the doors off with his (laughs) eyes, you know, they don't really show it. And then all they really do is they show him from a distance and they do the, you know, typical movie thing of like speed. He comes super quick, Mm -hmm. like right into like your eyeline POV. And then it cuts to black. Yeah. And just like, I love that. I thought it was such a great sequence from start to finish. What did you guys think of that first, like, big kill? Mm, the, the the glass in the eye was hard for me to watch. Um, I mean, not that, that it means it was effective. It, it was so, it was really effective what they did, and it was gruesome. But um, that moment where he's in the back and then he just, just speeds up right in her face, that yeah. was the first moment in the movie where I jumped pretty high off my chair. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, it's got me. Yeah. Nice. Nice. What about you, yeah. Laura? What'd you think of that whole sequence? Me too. I, I, I thought it was cool. And that was definitely the first time where I jumped. And I, like I said, I was just surprised. I was surprised by how, like, you warned us that this was dark, but I was still surprised how dark and yeah. gory and kind of scary it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, next one after that, the next uh, kind of death scene you want to talk about is like the uncle, the uncle uh, death scene, which is, is see, gory. that one was worse for me. It, uh. it, it's really gory, like the uncle one. But I think leading up to that, you have him just going in the house to the ants. Yeah. And there's a couple good jump scares where he is. She, you know, the aunt is home. She had a conversation with Brandon at school. She's like the guidance counselor, I guess. Something yeah. like that or his teacher. And she's telling him about. You know, the the state has been, you know, uh, told me I need to like interview you, make sure you're doing okay. You know, because I guess another scene we didn't really talk about is he broke the girl he likes hand, you know, like literally shattered it to pieces by gripping on it too tight, you know. Um, So she's having to interview him to make sure he's doing okay. And he, of course, takes that as a threat. She's, you know, she literally says, I'm going to tell the cops, I'm going to tell your mom, blah, blah, blah. So he goes to visit her at night. And there's a great, another great shot in this movie. I think this, there's a reason why I really like this movie. There's just so many great shots I really love. But there's one where she is uh, like putting something in a closet or in like a laundry room and the light is on. And then when she goes to leave the room, she turns the light off. And then you can see Brandon's silhouette in the window behind them of like his dark frame and his eyes are just glowing. Mm-hmm. And it's another one that's like a good, a slight jump scare because you're like, holy shit. But it's just, I just love the shot. You know, and that's one thing too. I definitely have to shout out this director. I think there's so many cool creative shots in this movie that really make me like it. Um, mm. I think you have another one in there when uh, the uncle does come home. He eventually does come home uh, and he is like in the bathroom brushing his teeth. And then like the camera pans up and Brandon oh, is yeah. like positioning himself yeah. in the shower. 
and then he like it's super like sped up but he like crawls and then slightly flies like away another like great shot where i'm like holy shit like what the hell was that yeah. you know yeah would you guys think of like those two like invading the home parts before we get into the uncle and his stuff you know super scary i was i was nervous yeah yeah i gotta say like the the parts where you know he's in fact just like pretty much throughout the entire movie any part where he's um you know suddenly flying through the scene and it surprises you they actually add like a loud sound and it's like oh it jars it got me every time mm. like the, like i said that freezer lunge i i jumped that was pretty good and then that scene that you're talking about rob where she shuts the door and you see him from afar his costume that he ends up putting on is creepy then his his red eyes legit creepy i think the eyes are for me like the most iconic thing about the movie um mm. just seeing them the way they kind of burn like red lights and then everything else around it is dark is is really menacing i thought they did a great, yeah. great job with all that yeah yeah I, I mean i'm glad you guys are like picking up on like the horror tropes that i you know saw oh yeah for sure you know what i mean because i was really questioning like doing this movie from the beginning and picking it i'm like is it horror i know i picked like i know i picked labyrinth and i picked other movies that <laughs> you know aren't even really horror so i don't know why i'm even trying to defend myself but i'm really happy that like it does land like when you look for them you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they are super creepy and jump scary, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, another, a funny thing that does happen after that is, you know, once he scurries off from the bathroom, he just stands in the closet normally. And then the uncle <laughs> turns the light on and he's like, he's like, oh, you know, like he ran just normally standing there. And the, the uncle's just like, he's like, what the fuck are you doing in here? You know, <laughs> this is like such like a funny scene. I actually really like that actor. I've seen him. Yeah. Movie. He's the guy who plays Cheddar from Breaking Bad. Breaking yeah. Bad. Yeah. So great. He's yeah. just like, he's in a lot of things. He's in sitcoms occasionally as like, you know, a like character will pop in. He's always like funny and genuine. I actually really liked him in this he's movie. Excellent. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Okay. So let's talk about how he dies then now, you know? <laughs> so who wants to kind of set up like the death scene of this uncle? Which one of you guys want to do? Laura can. Laura, you want oh, to tackle that? Do you need do you, so, do you need to loosen your jaw a little bit? Uh, <laughs> this really bothered me. Oh my god! So, you know, Brandon's been stalking his aunt and uncle and hanging out around their house. And his uncle—I forget what exactly he says—that really pisses him off. But he basically is like, "You got to get the hell out of here. You got to go home." And this whole time, at least for me, I was thinking this kid's going to kill his aunt. He has a reason to, right? She's the guidance counselor. She has to report back to the whoever judge. And I, so this whole time I'm thinking like, he's what, you know, he's not going to give a shit about his uncle. Like he's after he's stalking his aunt and he's going to get her. Well, the uncle pisses him off and he wants to drive him home. And uh, Brandon escapes somehow. So the uncle's in the car driving and he starts to see that Brandon has these powers. He's hovering and flying all about. And he is able to, with his mind, pick up his uncle's truck. Well, I, well, well, I don't, it's not his mind. I think he's physically picking it up. I think he, they, oh, don't, really? they don't show him, but I mean, if he's Superman, he has super strength and he can fly. Yeah. Mm. So, I mean, you know, Superman really doesn't have anything mental. It's all just strength. So I, I always okay. picture it as like, he's grabbing the bumper and lifting the car. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't see him, so I didn't know that. Yeah, but that makes sense. Mm. Okay. So he picks up the truck really high into the sky and with the, you know, the nose of the truck facing mm. down, 
And then he just drops it. And when he drops it, you have, you know, there's two types of horror movies with gore. You either see it (laughs) or you don't. And it's suggestive. And in this one, you see it. And his face and like chin come right down on impact onto the steering wheel. And so you're already like, oh, shit, he's dead. He probably broke his neck. Who knows what just happened? Well, Brandon, you know, inches closer to the broken window. And then we see inside where you see this actor who is still alive and you look at him for a split second and then his fucking jaw (laughs) falls off of his fucking face. (laughs) He couldn't believe what was happening. His jaw dropped so much. It just went all the way off. (laughs) Oh, my God. It was so disgusting. Mm-hmm. I thought that was the goriest scene. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's that was rough. It's pretty bad. Cause it's also like the sound effects of him like uh. gur- him, like gurgling. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I know Laura doesn't like that stuff, but uh, I we, do we, not like that. <laughs> what did you think of that whole sequence, Greg? Yeah. Just you know, overall in general, it's not that I hated the gore, but as a viewer personally, I, I feel kind of turned off by like the contrivance of it all like it it all felt very like gratuitous and it was like a gotcha moment every time there was like the glass in the eye this one too i thought i have to say the special effects i can't believe it was only six million dollars they they killed that budget because the effects it looked so real yeah that's what i was saying it has to be the 12 it has to be the 12 million dollar budget to get that shot of cheddar you know there with his chin coming down cheddar oh it was, yeah, Cheddar and Roy. That's a good well, well done, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I love the scene. It's another whole sequence that I just love. I, you know, I love the even before he picks up the car of the uncle is pretty much sitting there. I think, I think whatever he pisses Brandon off and Brandon like flies out of the window or something like that. But then there's a great shot of Brandon standing at a distance, maybe like ten, twenty feet, and the car is broken down. And the lights, the headlights of the Jeep are on or truck. And so you can see Brandon and then the lights go off. And then he's, you know, messing with the key to turn on and they turn back on and Brandon's closer. Like that whole thing we talked about from the Halloween franchise of like they do so well with Michael of like not showing him moving in the scene. But he's, you know, moving through space, you know, with with light and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And it just gives so much suspense of like, holy shit, like this kid's fucking creepy. You know, yeah. so I, I fucking love the whole sequence, gory or not. You know, I'm starting to become a little desensitized of some of this gore after we watched some of these movies. <laughs> so it didn't really didn't bug me at all. I was just like, wow, that's a good special effects shot. Oh, I don't know. Your jaw. There's certain I'm, I'm definitely learning. There's certain parts of the body that I can't handle. Kind of, maybe like you with the eye. Sure. I, I don't know. Like yeah. eyes. That doesn't bother me. Yeah. But yeah, the jaw. That's not OK. Oh, my God. <laughs> what about you, Greg? Is it like your sphincter? Oh, <laughs> um, from for me, honestly, it's like appendages. <laughs> it's like fingers and toes. You do stuff with that. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That's why it's so hard for me to watch the Saw series because they get into the like your appendages. And for some reason, that gives me the, the willies when I see like mutilation of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Laura, I like that joke. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, we already talked a little bit about the dad death scene, which Laura already went into detail. It's one of her. I think it's her favorite scene in the movie. You know, when when the dad takes Brad into the woods because he knows he needs to kill him. And, you know, but we really didn't talk about the end of that scene when Brandon grabs his dad's head yeah. and just 
laser beams through his skull, which is crazy. Another great special effects shot that looked legit. Yeah. You know, is that, did that one gross you out too, Laura? It was okay. No, that that's okay. Okay, so so scocraniums so, were okay, not jaws though. Well, just <laughs> heat vision, like burning. That that doesn't really bother me that much. Bother you. I mean, it's sad because I love that character, but that's what obviously for the story that made sense. That's what needed to happen, and I yeah, I thought it was cool. I thought yeah, they did yeah. a good job with that effect. What about you, Greg? What about that scene for you, Greg? Uh, it was pretty cool. Yeah, cool. I liked it for whatever reason. I I hate to say it, I didn't. I don't know why, but I didn't care that much. He, that he, you know, he looks directly at his dad's eyes because he betrayed him. Then he proceeds to blast him in the face at point blank range, eyes to like eye to eye. It was mm-hmm. crazy, um, and it was gross and it was just you know kind of disgusting, but real effect, you know, really effective. Um, but for whatever reason, I almost didn't. I almost like I knew that was going to happen. This is the, yeah. the part of the movie where. Which is, yeah, we can talk about it later, but just, I I had one issue with like, you know, you're talking about Rob, yeah, he's like creeping around, making scary noises, disappearing, reappearing. For whatever reason, like, I thought that that did a disservice to the movie. I was kind of like, get on with it. Like, hmm. the whole like, just disappearing, be, creeping, you know, around places, um, I thought that ultimately I knew that he was just going to go ahead and blast someone in the face or just drop him from a high, you know, height. So mm-hmm. I think by the end, when it got to Roy getting killed that way, I was like, well, yeah, I mean, you're dealing with Superman. So yeah, that's what's going to happen. You prefer Halloween three Susan the witch and the lady got laser beamed in the face. Huh. <laughs> yeah, that was, no, that was, I don't know. That's on equal footing. I think with this scene, equal footing. What? Yeah. Oh, wow. Fucking God. <laughs> I remember Greg talking to detail about that scene, and I feel like that one really got him. That 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 laser beam scene from Halloween three really got Greg. Yeah, I feel like he went home so and threw away all his buttons. He had like no buttons, and no little <laughs> placards, anything he's put on his shirt anymore from that scene. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, uh, let, let let's set up the ending then, because really after that, you're really down to Brandon and his mom, the only person that has wholeheartedly loved him through this movie, no matter what he's done even though at that point she somewhat knows that he possibly killed his own uncle. So which Laura, do you want to set up the ending? I I can, but I will say about the ending that this is obviously I have a few complaints about this movie. I've already mentioned it, but the ending, there was like a good 10 minutes of just bullshit. And it's the part where he comes back to terrorize his mom and she's in the house and it's just him hiding from her. It's just, it's like 10 minutes you could just cut from the movie. Like, we know. get it. You're after I, her. She's, yeah. she, she knows what you did. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the very, very end is, is good. But this part, I was just like, come on. Well, then let's talk about that then because it is a conversation piece thing. Cause I thought, I thought it worked. I thought this whole movie, you're talking about a mother that wholeheartedly will do anything for this child. And then for that moment, of the kid finally turning on her, you know, I think it, what it is is she calls the dad's phone to say like, Hey, you know, how's it going or whatever, or that she finds out that Brandon really killed his uncle. She found the blood or whatever. I forget what it was, but yeah. she calls him to say, you know, give a warning to Roy, like, Hey, watch out. Brandon really is something you were right. You were right this whole time. Yeah. And Brandon is the one that's actually on the phone. And then, you know, Brandon is like, whatever, like I'm home mom or something like that. And, he, and then it cuts to him, you know, he's hovering above the house and he crushes the phone or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, I actually really like the sequence when he's like fly. He's literally flying through the house, (laughs) destroying the house. I just thought that was such a fucking cool idea. Like he's, he's literally, you know, he cannot be harmed. He's like, he, he can't do anything to himself. 
of him using his own body as like a projectile <laughs> to like destroy yeah. a home. I thought, what a fucking cool idea. I was like, keep it going. Do it for 45 minutes. I'm happy. Oh, man. I was like, do it once. We get <laughs> it, man. Once. It just seemed like too oh, much. He, come on. He's only he, he's only 12. He can't destroy a house once. Come on, he needs a couple flybys. I, I didn't get... This is one thing. I think there's a motive... To me, personally, there's a motivation problem in, in this movie. And Rob, I, I really hope you can explain this. I don't understand why he killed anybody in this. Like, here's the thing is, to me, it seems like he heard voices one night and then suddenly he threw a tantrum. And that's, that's pretty much <laughs> half the movie. Yeah. Because like, here's the thing is, why does he, why does he care if anyone tell tattletales on him? Oh, I'm going to tell the sheriff. I'm going to tell your mom. I'm going to tell your dad. Who, who the hell cares? You're, you're trying to take over the world. Why do you care what now suddenly two meaningless humans mean to you? What do you care? If the sheriff of a podunk town in the middle of nowhere means you're going to go and fly your body, like you said, through, you know, the Eiffel Tower in a day or two. Why suddenly, why kill the girl's mom? Because she gave you the scene guy. Why kill the, the uncle? Cause he was going to tell your parents. I mean, these seem like small potatoes compared to what we eventually find out is his ultimate goal. I guess I don't know if goal is the right word to use as if he planted it in his own mind. But I just I didn't understand the motivation for doing all these kills. And when it got to that scene that you're talking about, you guys are both talking about where they're in the house. It's like, he's, he's super cool. I feel like the effects where he's flying through the house, it reminded me a lot of um, the new Man of Steel movie, uh, like that that fast animation where mm-hmm. it's hard to catch up with it. And when you do it, and it's so smooth, it's great. But at that point, I'm like, well, dude, you're going to be tr- you're trying to take over the world in a couple of days. Why are you spending time terrorizing your mother at your old house and like breaking windows? It just seems so inconsequential to me. I didn't feel like the stakes were there, but maybe you have a different um, like opinion on like, what are, what are his motives? Well, that's the thing is like, I don't think he really knows. You're literally talking about a child. Yeah. Like he is a child. And I think like you explained it. Yeah. He's literally throwing a temper tantrum for this whole movie. He you is. know, And that's, that's, and that's what it is. It's like, yeah. yes, he does. There is something telling him from this spaceship to like, do this, to go do this thing. You know what I mean? I don't even think he understands what it even really means to like, take over the world to even like dominate somebody. He doesn't, I don't think he even knows that really, but he knows that like, you know, he's gonna, he's, or he's gonna react from being in trouble. I mean, my freaking son, I tell him he can't have a popsicle today and he's ready to beat the shit out of me. So it's like, yeah, I totally see that. If my kid had powers, he would be flying through my apartment because I didn't give him a popsicle. You know what I mean? And that's just like so minimal. You're literally talking about like, you know, going to jail or like your mother and father finding out that you're not maybe normal. You know, as much as they know you're not normal, maybe he still feels like they're not going to love him so they can never know. Maybe he's afraid of that. I don't know. But it all is just you're talking about a child. So trying to put rationale into like, you know, he has bigger potatoes to fry or whatever you want to call it. I don't Mm. think he even knows what that means yet. I don't think so. What do you think, Laura? Yeah, I think I lean towards what you're saying. The only flaw with it is that if he really is, doesn't have any of these emotions, then he is actually is subhuman or, you know, like uh, more supreme, like he actually calls himself than a normal 12 year old boy. Mm-hmm. So he would be thinking bigger picture already because he doesn't give a shit about these people and he never had. That's the only argument flaw to that. But otherwise, I agree. Like he's 12. Practice makes perfect, dude. So he's starting <laughs> off with small potatoes. Practice you know? makes perfect. Wow. That's, that's nice. Or I like that. I like that. He's just trying to <laughs> trying to perfect his psychopathy. 
you know um yeah good job good job yeah um yeah and then uh greg do you want to set up then the final little bit of this movie with him and his mom their little kind of showdown yes yeah absolutely so at some point in the movie you know he continue brandon continually tries to he's finds himself gravitated toward the basement where his ship is stored and at one point in the movie he slips and falls down there and he cuts himself on the metal which to the mom's uh surprise they have never seen him get cut before. So she deduces that this ship, this metal that was from another planet is sort of his kryptonite, you could say, right? Mm-hmm. So this is something that can actually hurt him. So while he's on this terrorizing rampage, destroying the house, I think she finally realizes like there's no, there's no turning back. They need, need to put an end to this. And she gets the brilliant idea of, bre- you know, running to the barn, breaking off a piece of that alien metal and she tries to bring him close, which actually works. She starts doing that whistling song, mm-hmm. you know, or it's more like a hide and seek. Like I yeah. whistle and then you whistle back like Marco Polo. She gets him close and she starts to tell him sort of the sob story, which is probably partially real to where she says, we prayed for you. You came, you were a blessing for us. Yeah. You know, and that was probably actually coming from the heart. But at the same time, as she's hugging him, she pulls the shard of alien metal out and tries to stab him. And of course, you know, his reflexes are too good. He sees it. And again, the only person that could possibly mean anything to him, I think, in, at this point in the movie, his mother yeah. betraying him, that was probably the final straw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, talking back to Laura of Elizabeth Banks acting in this movie, in that yeah. scene, what did you think of her acting? I thought it was good. That scene. Yeah. She, yeah, that scene was great. And actually, so, so right after that, um, he has the ultimate temper tantrum by picking up his mom and flying her up into, I don't know, like 40,000 mm-hmm. feet up into the sky. Yeah. And, uh, y- you know, he's going to drop her before he does, but they have a moment where they're just staring at each other and she's just like making a face like, no, please. And yeah, I thought that was solid. And then when he does drop her to her demise, as much as I haven't liked her character this whole movie, I was like, God damn, she didn't deserve that. Dude, mm-hmm. she just raised you and loved you and stood up for you. And yeah, she had a moment where she was trying to injure you because you've literally been on a killing spree. <laughs> but like, don't drop her. Mm-hmm. Um, so from this point on, I actually love the end end. So like that the, the, scene, cred- the credit scene and the aftermath. Yeah, but even and- before that. So he drops his mom. And after he does that, he's just kind of chilling up there. And then he looks over very casually and you see an airplane just Mm. he's right in the path. And you don't see what happens after that. It cuts to a news segment saying that there was a plane that just so happened to crash in Brightburn. And they have no idea why it just fell out of the sky and then how it landed on this farm. And that's how they assume that his two parents died, Roy and Elizabeth Mm -hmm. Banks. But he survived. And I just was like, holy shit. That was crazy. Like, Mm -hmm. he took the plane down. Oh, my Mm -hmm. God. And then we get into the end credits, which, I don't know, Rob, I feel like you're probably the best one to talk about. (laughs) Can I just say that I like with the airplane scene, I love how in pretty much every, if not every Superman movie, but every other one, he's saving people in an airplane. That's like a Superman trope. And this is the one where... No, it goes the other way. And um, right. I thought it was, a, it was a clean way to show the opposite, like the dark Superman side, and then also uh, come up with a way to, 
I don't know at this point, I don't know why he's trying to destroy evidence. He knows who he's going to be, but it was an interesting way to tie those two ideas in. Yeah. Yeah. I do like the scene, like you're talking about Laura, where, you know, the, the news can the news film, but the news crew is there filming and he's just sitting on the back of an ambulance, just like sweet, sweetly eating a cookie, just like, hmm, oh, well, what do you, what am I going to do next? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I do like that. Yeah. Then you get into like the, I don't even call these outro credit, uh, outro credit scenes. You know, where it's kind of like, you know, going through his coming to power, you know, where he's like taking down. He took down the school, I think, right? In one of them, you know, he ends up, uh, what else is he doing? Do you guys remember any other ones he's doing? He's like destroying things, you know, and then you have it intertwined with Michael Rooker pops in one of James Gunn's (laughs) buddies trying to be like a little, you know, uh, not really. I wouldn't say Fox News, but a little, you know. like internet internet you know like conspiracy theory guy that's right i forgot all about that talking (laughs) about you know like oh we gotta stop these you know beings like they're invading us and blah 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 and one of them is brandon (laughs) another one they shout out is um i think i made note of this Uh, another one they shout out is a a man that can breathe under the dark ocean aquaman yeah, it looked like the Justice League in that yeah. uh, news segment, didn't it? Yeah, and the other one is a woman that strangles people with a rope. It's Wonder Woman. She has the lasso wow. of truth. You know, so like it's the dark yeah. version of these characters. You know, there's one other one. I don't even know if you guys noticed this. There's another still they show of like a red superhero wearing like a red outfit. And what it is, it's it's James Gunn's comic book movie with uh, Dwight from The Office rain wilson yeah it's like he he did this like ridiculous kind of what the movie's called i should have looked it up like hammer man or something like that and so like that that's him in that still so he's actually he's a superhero actually i think uh oh my but uh yeah just kind of like i said setting up a hope a sequel a trilogy setting up future things for this which i fucking love i like i love all those little things but uh i was gonna ask you because i forget did um like was it a twist for you did you expect the the mom to live? Did you expect the mom to kill him? Or do you knew from the beginning this kid is not going to be stopped? No, I, I knew maybe about midway that it was just going to go in a, a downward spiral and it wouldn't stop. I thought everyone was going to die. Oh, okay. What about you, Laura? Did you ever think anybody was going to actually stop him at the end? Like it was going to you know end happily, you know? Yeah, I kind of thought the mom would kill him. Hmm, really? And that would be the ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You were surprised then at the end of being like, oh shit, nobody's stopping this kid now. I mean, I, I that's what I originally thought. But then when the scene played out, I was like, well, okay, this makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then you know right away, like, she's going to die. Yeah. 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 I mean, for me, like, I love the ending of this movie. We talk about it a lot on this podcast of like sticking the landing, you know, no pun intended, Superman flying around. <laughs> but uh, you know what I mean? Like, I remember seeing this movie in theaters and same thing as you, Laura, expecting the mom to kill him being like, oh, wow. Like, yeah. that, that still would have been a cool ending, you know? Right. But the ending, the movie on like this kid, you know, just fully, you know, developed into like a crazy super villain and nothing stopping him killing everybody i was like wow what a fucking great like choice to make of like you're gonna go for it you know because most movies aren't gonna end that way they're gonna end like you know kind of somewhat good guys happy win. or some yeah good guys yeah. win and being like you guys did it and like i just remember loving it because i'm always i always like the ending i'm not expecting or something different yeah so i actually really like the ending of this movie you know and then you get into the the end credit scenes and then i had a boner so it was freaking awesome <laughs> you know <laughs> But here's my question. You do talk a lot about sticking the ending. Like, that's big for you. It'll 
increase your overall rating of a movie. Mm-hmm. But what about when the ending is awesome, but the movie just fell flat? It's like, that's how I feel about this movie. Yeah. Well, for me, the movie doesn't fall flat, though. So for yeah. me, it doesn't, you know, uh, let, let's get into just asking overall, like, how do you rate on that? Because you're right. The ending is really cool. And I, I also have to give a shout out to that Billie Eilish song that they yeah. mm-hmm. used at the end. That man, if you can take a modern song to something, and I fucking felt that that was incredible. It was a good choice. Yeah, I remember when this movie was in theaters, saw in theaters, I had never heard that song before. I feel like it wasn't that popular then. I feel mm-hmm. like it wasn't until this movie came out. And then like maybe six to eight months after that, where I think I saw her perform it on like Saturday Night Live. And I was like, oh, shit. I'm like, that's a song from Brightburn. You know, but I'm not Ooh. huge into music overall. You know, I mostly just do podcast stuff. But, you know, um, but I fucking love I thought it melded so well with that fucking ending and yeah. that movie. And it's almost like it's so weird to say, but it's like getting me hyped. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 yeah, it's getting me excited of like, yeah, let's go terrorize people. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's so weird. It's so weird. It's the villain hype song. I yeah, love I it. I guess so. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's, let's do a quick like positive negatives real fast before we get into like our ratings. So, Greg, do you want to go first, like positive, negatives? You know, maybe if you haven't talked about something you want to talk about, kind of just like run through something. Um, Yeah, maybe you go negatives first to maybe end it on a positive note. I think so. The Mainly the only other one of the only other things I can think of is and I mentioned this in in, in our Mothman Prophecies um, review. We have to all agree. Please stop perpetuating this thing where parents discovered their child's disturbing drawings i i just i feel like this needs to settle down for a bit i mean like every time a new movie does it it's like i kind of roll my eyes and like that timer gets reset again i just i don't want to see it for another 10 years just because again i just feel like whoever does it it was like a a guy who did photoshop and to make it look creepy as possible it kind of just draws me out i just Um, don't want anybody to discover your drawings that's it (laughs) (laughs) um then the other thing is so positive. I'll say positive. I love that the parents, their acting was great. We already talked about it. Um, I liked how there was Roy throws in, like you mentioned, Laura, some, uh, some reason, you know, into this. I kind of liked how they mentioned also that he never bled throughout his life. Mm-hmm. Um, which to me kind of insinuates he never got sick. That would also dispel the argument, like we saw in War of the Worlds, how aliens can't, you know, they wouldn't be able to cohabitate with our microorganisms because they weren't evolved with it. But this kind of destroys that by saying, look, they have such a super human Im- immune system that they don't even bleed. They, they never get sick. Yeah. So that was kind of a cool uh, thing to introduce. And just um, the effects were um, insane for the budget that they had. Yeah. The effects were good. And then I got so many good jump scares. And Usually when I get a jump scare, I am like, oh, okay, you got me. But this one was like, you got me and... I was entertained by that. Nice, nice. Okay. All right, good, good. What about you, Laura? Positive, negatives, any other topics you want to talk about? I, I think my biggest two positives are Roy. I love them. <laughs> are you, you, you going to go back and watch The Office differently now, having this like affiliation? I watch The Office every night, so don't pretend like I'm going to go back and rewatch it. Are you going to switch to Team Roy? No, on The Office, I... Still the same? Oh, my God. I love John Krasinski so much, so no way. Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh... What was I talking about? Oh, right. Positive. Talking okay. about Roy, of course. Mm-hmm. Roy. And then, like I said, I liked that very end. That that was, I mean, it, it didn't end happy, but 
boy, that was pretty badass. And and like there are definitely some really cool scenes intertwined in the movie. Like the whole diner scene was pretty cool. Um, and I also liked the whole thing with the wasp, even though we're kind of confused about it. I mm-hmm. it, it's interesting. Uh, negatives, yeah, I was just even though she did okay, I was expecting more from Elizabeth Banks, and I didn't really like her character. Um, I hated this kid. You know, you <laughs> never care for him. You yeah. never fall in love with him. And I think with a lot of villains, especially like comic book villains, there are times where you feel for them a little bit mm-hmm. or you get some kind of backstory. And obviously we got none of that with this kid. He has a line where he goes, well, I'm superior. And I literally wrote in my notes, I fucking hate this kid. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> I hate him. I, I feel like, I feel like anybody that says those words is just a douchebag. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like fuck off. I, I yeah. don't care about you at all. No. Um, that's mostly it for mm-hmm. negatives. And also I'm probably going to get a lot of hate for this too, but and you guys are probably going to hate my guts, but you know, I just think that the comic book like storyline, it's, I'm just, there's too much, you guys. It's too, too much. much. Too much. Like, it's too much. And it's a comic book movie. How can you have too much of what the movie is? I, I think it's a cool concept, mm-hmm. but did we need this? No, we didn't. Actually, and yeah. right now, there are just so many comic book movies. And they keep coming out with 10,000 more every year. And I'm like, dude, I can't keep up. Uh, like, just stick with the stories you've started. I, I just, I'm, it's too much. Yeah, Laura, we all hate you right now. Yeah, we all hate you. I know. One thing, I guess, you know, I, I didn't mention it in my negatives, but I think it speaks to what you said, Laura. When you say that it's too much, I the, the thing that I can resonate with is that I feel like the superhero horror movie, to me personally, it just doesn't feel done right, actually. Like, I... I feel yeah. like horror works when you have a chance of survival, right? You know, when you can overcome something. Ooh, but it's yeah. literally just Superman. Like, there's n- nothing you can do. So for all of this, like, you spend half the movie of him posturing, hunting, stalking, intimidating. He's floating. To me, personally, it's, it's all kind of meaningless. Because at any point, he could just bust through the wall and crush your head in. Mm-hmm. Like, it didn't. Oh. I didn't feel the stakes were there. Like, you know, when that female cop is is kind of stalking through his house holding a gun as if she's looking for a serial killer and it's like no there's no it's superman so you knew how that was going to end i didn't mm-hmm. and then so the thing is is so then you're left to lean on the emotional tension because you go okay well like that's what i'm supposed to be fixed on and to me i that kind of fell flat because it's like we talked about in some cases they didn't focus on the parents grief enough if you didn't care about the kid and he says all that stuff, I'm superior, I'm going to kill everybody. He, he literally does. He ends up doing that. Then you're like, okay, well, let's switch to the parents. But then you want to feel more, you know, of of their grief and their attachments in, which they, they did a pretty good job doing that, you know, um, especially with the mom just siding with them all the time. But again, we're missing a big gap. And that's what, to me, makes it feel like they were just, ultimately, it was like, it was okay to me. It was kind of mm-hmm. cool, but I feel like, they emptied out all the personal stakes, which, you know, kind of, that's what you're looking for if, if you throw a super superhero or a superhuman person to like a horror movie. Damn, Greg, that was so good. That was so spot on. You're right. In horror, <laughs> Rob is sticking his tongue out at us right now. In horror, there is a chance of survival. And if you take that away, then what's the point of all of this? Oh, my God, that 
that's a mic drop. Let's end the episode. No, 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 no. I mean, first, let me talk to Laura, like hating half the population that saw Avengers Endgame, you know, or actually probably 90% of the population that saw Avengers Endgame. Like, wait, wait, we don't actually need to talk about like, that's going to be another hour long conversation. No, 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 I do need to address it because like, I'm somebody that I never cannot have enough superhero esque movies. I want more. I want all of them. I want everything. Like this year, we've had so many ones being delayed and this and that. And it's like, I want, I want all of them. You know, I'm so excited for Zack Snyder's, you know, cut of the movie that I've seen 10 times and I get to see a new version of it. Like I'm that guy. I just want more. It never ends to me. So like I'm that. So you saying that you're tired of the superhero tropes and just like you're kind of certain and that's not your thing and that's fine but me and i feel like i'm a lot of people it's just like no i want more of it so like this movie giving me what i want something i love and then twisting the fuck out of it to make it dark and creepy i was like oh my god like this is like my perfect dream like this is something <laughs> awesome nice that's awesome. That's great. You know, and then, yeah. and then talking to more what Greg was talking about of saying like, yeah, you know, there's no stakes in this because you literally cannot kill this person. And I feel like, well, that's not entirely true because they do set up that he can be killed by his ship. He does have a kryptonite of some sort. So there is something that can kill him. So it is there. It's built into the storyline. It's just it never happens because they want that twist. Do you think, Greg, if the mom was able to kill him at the end, Greg, you would feel different because, you know, like she was able to do it? There was actual like, you know, a killing happened of the kid. Would it make me feel different about the about the movie if she actually killed him? Well, just just the fact. Yeah, I I, I would like. Huh? You said there's no stakes because nobody can kill him. Nobody can stop him. But if he is actually killed at the end, then there was stakes. Yeah. So if she kills him, so she stabs him, then. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard to say. Like I'm trying to trying to replay it in my head. It's it's hard to say. It's just I don't know. I I felt yeah maybe, but at the same time, just the vibe that I got in the movie, it just felt like I I, I like I told you guys. I knew, I feel like I knew halfway through that this was not going to end well for planet Earth. I just <laughs> you could, yeah. Like I actually, I would have felt like it would have been a cop out in a sense because. You know, what's the, then what would be the, the only thing that would make me like that is if she was sad about killing him and you would see that you'd finally see like yeah. an emotional outpour of the fact that, mm-hmm. gosh, you have to kill your own kid. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. that would, that maybe that would have been a better ending to me. All right. Well, okay. All right. We'll see. Yeah. If anybody wants to email us and let us know where they align, you know, do they love, you know, superhero movies like me or do they despise them like Laura and wish they <laughs> were never on this them. planet? Uh, excuse me. Side note. I actually enjoy quite a bit of them. Oh, I oh. earlier in this pod talked about Jean Grey, how she's my girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone uh-huh. who fucking despises comic books would never talk like that. So, no, you need to check yourself. That's not yeah. what I said. Oh, the poser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you, she was Googling on her phone as I asked that question. Okay. Who do I know? Jean. Okay. I'm wearing jeans. Jean Grey. Okay. All right. I have a gray shirt on. Okay. Uh, I have not worn <laughs> jeans in 10 months. Thank you very much. I, di- I just watched Order of the Neither Phoenix. I. I watched Order of the Phoenix. Uh, Dark Phoenix. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> no, I'm just fucking with you. It's Red Phoenix, actually. No, it's not actually, Lord. It's not Red Phoenix. I thought it was Red Phoenix. It's Dark Phoenix. It's Dark Phoenix. <laughs> oh, I keep calling her. Oh, Laura, you ruined your cred. You're ruining your cred. Ruining, you're ruining your cred, Sorry, sorry. Uh, I'm just being honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's get to like our ratings then. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes for this movie. You have a critic score of 
So a little bit above fresh score audience Mm -hmm. score. You have a 67%, a little bit higher Mm -hmm. audience score. Um, So let's get to our ratings here. Let's do one to five. Let's do the obvious. How many wasps? So how many wasps? (laughs) It's hard to say that. How many wasps are you giving this movie, Greg? And if you want to make a little buzzing sound, that's that's up to you. There you go. Okay. I like it. I like it. Okay. So how many are you giving it, Greg? How many? Oh, I feel like this, the movie didn't hold enough weight for, for me. I don't know. I just, at the, by the end of it, you know, there was a lot of stuff like with the music, almost taking from like the Hans Zimmer soundtrack where you've got like one note and then all of a sudden piano keys. Mm-hmm. It just, it really felt like they were just trying to take Superman and do a, yeah. like someone said, okay, hear me out. Superman, but dark. And like that was the end of the yeah. fleshing out of the characters and everything, which, okay, that, that might be your pitch, but to me, that just makes a lot of it empty to me. Um, maybe I'll watch this movie again, but I want to give it two wasps out of five. Only two. Wow. Dang. You you know, here's the thing is, again, I'm gonna, I'm gonna laser my eyes through your score right now. (laughs) (laughs) You guys know how I, I, when I rate movies, again, I do it a little bit differently. Like I don't rate them on a scale that they're all measured at. Like a a two in another movie doesn't mean they're equal to to each other. To me, this just means that there's three points of potential that I really wish this movie would have hit. So that's why I'm giving it like less than an average. So I'd say two, two out of five. Okay. All right. Well, Greg's an alien. So what did you give it, Laura? (laughs) Dude, see, you're not going to be mad at me anymore. I am giving this a three. Nice. Three was. I mean, I, I didn't dislike the movie despite my negatives. I did not dislike it. I was interested. And when it was over, I did say that was bad. I did not say that, Mm -hmm. you know, I was like, whoa, the ending was fucking cool. And now i have a thing for roy now i don't know maybe it's the beard who knows i don't know a thing for roy now (laughs) you know um he can make pancakes you like pancakes i fucking love or didn't he call him flapjacks i think he called him flapjacks in this movie (laughs) he can call him whatever the fuck he wants you can flap my jack any day oh (laughs) Oh, dang oh wait what here's the end sound bite no that was a i'm saying that's what laura was okay well I botched, I, I botched that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I just thought it was whatever. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I'd recommend it if I thought someone would be interested in something like that. Um, and but, but will I watch it again? Like, probably not. Really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. I, I mean, I bought this movie, so <laughs> so did I. Yeah, you bought it, Greg. I think you have to when you are when you go through Amazon Prime Video, right? You have to buy it. I think you could have rented it. That was your choice, you know. What? Oh, mm-hmm. I don't know why. I, think you only have the option Dude, to buy. I don't think I even rented it. It was on something for you. I hope I didn't buy it. Fuck. I hope you did. It's on stars. Oh, you have, have, have the star. That's right. You bought all the little sub Amazon services. You, I literally have everything. You're paying like $180 for no cable right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. And it's all because of this podcast. So. Yeah, I know. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, you know, I, I bought this movie literally figuratively like i i really like this movie a lot and i don't know if it goes back to just seeing it in the theater and, and loving it in the theater and being like so like in shock of like wow this movie's doing this i can't believe they're doing like a dark fucked up superman it's fucking crazy the ending i was like you know uh, surprised from the ending and being like wow they did it they stuck the landing you know um only negative is just like it needed more character development in the opening. It needed another yeah. five minutes. Even five minutes would have been huge. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Show like them like pushing little Brandon in a swing outside or something, some rusty old swing. You know, he's helping them pick corn. I don't know what the fuck they do there <laughs> in Kansas, but you know, something, you know. Um, we just lost all our Kansas listeners after that <laughs> comment. Nah, they know they pick corn. Come on. You know, um, so, but, uh, you know, I think for me. Laura's <laughs> 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 like falling off her chair. There's, there's one time an episode where like I say something. I don't think it's even that funny, but Laura will like lose it. It's so weird. Um, but uh, but uh, I definitely have to go above Laura, of course, you know, so I'm going to say th- 3.5. What? You love this movie. Well, that's You're giving it a 3.5? Well, my thing is like, you know, I mean, I really do like, I feel like if they would have done, if they would establish the characters in the opening, then you're talking about a 4.5 to me. Like, oh, it boosts. You know what I mean? Like, it's not going to be a perfect wow. movie ever. You know what I mean? Because there is like certain things. Like, I just the whole insect stuff. I didn't really feel like it's fleshed out. It's all setting up something. I think later on, you know, when like a colony comes in the yeah. sequel or some shit like that. I don't know. But like, if they would have set that up in the beginning, like what I want, then you're talking about a 4.5. You know what I mean? Which is like, yeah. I love this movie. But the fact that's not there, I can't give them that. So like I give them like a point off for not establishing the characters better. So I say 3.5. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, so that's it for this week's episode here. Uh, next week is Laura's pick. And we'll get that reveal, you know, quickly here. But remember, everybody, we have Conjecturing Choice coming up uh, next week, right? After Laura's pick. Um, mm-hmm. So keep sending in what movies you want us to conjecture, what horror movie Maybe it's another superhero more superhero horror. I don't know. Maybe there's another one out there. You know, shit, shit. If you can convince me the Dark Knight is a superhero horror movie, I will watch the Dark Knight and I will love that. Movie. I love the Dark Knight. Mm, okay. I would watch that 800 ways from Sunday. So Let's somebody just email in. All you got to put in subject line is Dark Knight and we'll watch it. Okay. We don't even need to have a reason why. <laughs> It'll be really it's been cool. The whole episode trying to Knight figure out how is... it's a horror movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so you can hit us up uh, conjecturingpod at gmail. Email us in, you know, or conjecturing po- uh, at conjecturingpod Twitter, Instagram. You know, hit us up there. Let us know what what movie we want to conjecture uh, in the coming weeks here. So, uh, so Laura, what's going to be your reveal for next week? Next week, our episode drops on December twenty fourth, which is Christmas Eve, and so I wanted to do a festive horror movie. Uh, I have chosen 2016's Better Watch Out, mm, okay, and I've never seen it. I don't even really know what it's about. Oh, my God. We've got another audition on our hands. <laughs> so um, I I would like to think that it's just going to be like a fun Christmas horror movie. But I was doing a little bit of research and I came across the cast. Hmm. And does the name Olivia DeJong mean anything to you guys? No. What about Ed Oxenbold? Does that ring a bell for you guys at all? I feel like this is a trick question. These like porno names? <laughs> <laughs> it must be. Is it? Either of those names ring a bell? Should they? Or are they super? They're clearly or? not like actors. Anagrams. Olivia DeJonge. <laughs> she is our main character in Better Watch Out. She is the daughter in The Visit. Wow. Okay. And while going through the cast, oh, no. I saw oh, that no. Ed Oxenbold is also is that, in this movie. Don't tell me that's her brother. He is the oh, brother. Guys. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my God. Please tell better me. Not, please tell me. Not yeah. Right. Please tell me he has a Christmas wrap. 
Oh my god. Because so, if, if he does, I'd be obligated to do our own. Okay, I, I'm getting there. I'm oh, getting there. Oh, wow. So next week for our horror segment of the week, I'm going to be doing it. And this is something a little bit different because I'm going to give these guys some notice because they have homework to do. Uh-oh. Next week, you guys need to come prepared to rap oh, no. a horror <laughs> Christmas jingle. It's a rap battle. This is not fair. This is not oh. fair. You guys can talk about horror. You could talk about Christmas. You can talk about the movie. But what I want to hear is a it's a battle between the two of you. So I want to hear some smack talking. Oh, okay. okay so against each so other. Like, okay. yes, it's a rap battle. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, it's um yes. And so you need to have eight total lines. You're going to have four lines per verse. And it's gonna go, I think they're called bars. I think it's called bars. right? Oh, bar. Wow. Right, Greg? Right, Greg? Bars it is. Yeah. But yeah, like I said. You're going to get some points for me if it's horror-esque, mm-hmm. Christmas-esque, but I want to hear trash talking. Oh, my God. I mean, like, I can I can hang with Greg, like, talking shit. I can do that. I can make fun of Greg all day long. That's what I mostly do on this podcast is <laughs> pretty much you guys. But, like, the rapping part, Greg's going to destroy me. It's not no. even going to be funny. It depends on content, though. Okay, well, just don't expect mine to flow. You know, there's a word for you, youngins out there, flow. Um, but I just, I, there's no way Greg has literally made a rap for us. And, and I know <laughs> no, Greg I like has that beat. There's like, you know, this is like definitely behind the scenes stuff. Greg is like an awesome dancer. Everybody Greg can like get down. He can like do some cool moves. He has complete rhythm. I'm a fucking goober. I have no <laughs> rhythm. I can't do anything. So like I'm fucking screwed. I mean, I could talk shit, but I don't know. What do you think, Greg? I don't know. I think, you know, when we did the visit rap, we all came up with the lyrics equally. You guys had some good shit you threw in there, um, which turned out pretty well. And honestly, like the way that it came out was just through, um, like audio effects, you know, changing my voice up. I'm not going to have any of that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. It's and all remember, just going to be raw. This is, this is based on what you're saying. Yeah. I'm not expecting you to be a good singer. If you're talking it slowly, like, Hey, I'm Rob and I'm here to say, <laughs> I don't give a shit. You just took my opening line, Laura. <laughs> that's, listen, that's totally fine. Please open it's, with that. It's just, that was what? literally my opening. <laughs> It's and Rob, you need to end off saying. by doing this. Do like that. Cross my arms like in the 90s hip hop. You know, I'm going to wear a tracksuit and chains. <laughs> it's what you are saying. That's what it is. Oh, so don't think. All right. Yeah. No, I mean, so that's going to be our, our horror segment of the week next week because wow. you guys, we have to do it. Oh, shit. All right. Well, there we go. All right. I, I mean, I'm, I, I lost the game last week to Laura. You know, it was closer than I thought, but I ultimately Laura destroyed me with her acting. And now I have to rap? Like, what the fuck universe are we living in? <laughs> like, can I go live on Brightburn's Wasp Planet and, like, not have to do any of this shit? Like, what's going on here? It's fucking crazy. Oh, my God. Well, this is fucking horrible. Okay. All right. Well, at least Laura doesn't have to do it. So, all right. Okay. All right. Well, good job, Laura. I'm excited. To n- nothing about the movie we know. It's just going to be a fucking funny episode. I know that. That's crazy. <laughs> Shit, this is gonna be a train wreck. This is wild. Yeah, <laughs> this is gonna be so crazy. So fucked up. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, you guys can contact us. Email conjecturingpod at gmail or Twitter, Instagram at conjecturingpod. If you wanna hit us up, you know, shoot me some lines, shoot me some raps. You know, give me something cool that can help me out. Help me out with my opening because I'm. My name is Rob. I'm here to say is probably gonna be it if nobody <laughs> helps me out. <laughs> 
<laughs> so please somebody uh you know <laughs> hit me up and help me with my openings <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and, and lastly remember to subscribe rate review our podcast whatever you're listening to it on um <laughs> and uh check out the slash and cast podcast network that we're on with everybody check out all the shows uh, uh slash and cast.net uh this has been the conjecturing and i'm rob and i'm here to say uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're next uh laura and laura and Greg. Yeah, until next time, remember, horror subjective. So conjecture away. See ya. Bye. Bye, guys. See you next week. Team Jim, <laughs> duh.